Hi, and welcome to Mindful, Beautiful, and Thriving, a podcast series by Tharaka Foundation focused on youth mental health. Before we begin today's episode, I just wanted to let you all know that all content that is found in our podcast is created for informational purposes only. This content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, treatment, or therapy. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition, and never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you have heard in this podcast. Thank you so much, and without further ado, let's get started. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to the Conflict Management Series. I'm your host, Poonam. I do have Deborah LaFawn with me today. She is a licensed therapist working in this field for more than 22 years. So today I would like to talk about conflicts which happen due to siblings fight. And I'm sure parents need to get involved and be part of that, either resolving it or setting up the role model or setting up the ground rules. So Deborah, I would like to ask you, Uh, Do you see such families or teens where a lot of sibling fighting is going on? And what is your advice to such family? I do see that in a lot of different forms. So what you had just said is the important part is communication with the parents or parents having with their children at first, what the expectations are. So typically in all families, it's no physical violence. So there's no hands-on that's totally unacceptable. So that's not a way to resolve conflict or a fight. So you can't hit each other. The other thing is the emotional piece of it. We don't swear at each other. We don't use disparaging words. We don't bully one another. You can say you don't like something. You can disagree. That's about coaching them, coaching them on iMessages and active and reflective listening, teaching them how to resolve the conflict, but also letting them know that if it's not working, that you can always come back to parents. Because oftentimes, that's when I see teenagers or kids come to me and they've tried to talk to their parents and their parents have given them the message, you need to work it out yourself. But the parents aren't aware that typically it's a lot of emotional abuse that's going on. Lots of bullying, lots of threats, saying things that are really unkind. And I have adult clients that experience that as children from their siblings and it has an impact even until today. But they are trying to figure out ways to stay out of the line of fire of their adult sibling so they don't get bullied. And then they're adult sibling will then bully their husband or their wife or their partner. So then that partner's like, yikes, what's going on? They don't know how to handle that. So that never got resolved. And the parent's message was either excusing the behavior or not doing anything about it. The other piece that oftentimes happens is that parents aren't aware of the severity of it. I've had other adult clients that had been teased significantly about a physical feature, maybe about their weight, and it has caused severe emotional trauma and problems into adulthood, including body dysmorphia, eating disorders, low self-esteem, distorted self-image, all of those things happen from sibling conflict. So it's really important to address that when it happens. That's not to say conflicts won't happen. Absolutely, they will. But as parents, it's a parent's role to set the expectations of what is and isn't okay. And then if one child or teen is feeling that they tried to resolve it and it isn't working, then knowing that they can come to their parents and talk to them and then having a meeting together with the parents and the children or teens to talk about what's going on, how can we help, let's work together in a loving, supportive, kind way because we're not going to accept 
emotional abuse or bullying in our family. That's typically pretty much what every family says. But the piece that is missing is oftentimes parents aren't aware of how severe things get. And that's why I come in and I hear that, how bad things are. Wow, that's amazing information, Deborah. I did not know what could be the impact of not having that healthy relationship between siblings. I'm definitely feeling blessed. I do have great relationships uh, with my siblings, even my kids, they do. But I think you made a very important point, setting up that ground rule, that family rules, zero tolerance towards bullying and you know physical abuse. So it's very important for even parents to keep that communication channel open and kids should also feel comfortable sharing their issues with their siblings. So again, I think it's going back to that family values, having that communication um, channels open. Yeah, thank you so much for sharing that. So other thing, what I feel, I do not know if parents do it unknowingly, but comparison, they do do that unknowingly, right? Even though their intentions are not bad, even I have myself done that. Um, so why can't you be like your brother, right? So I have said that to my daughter. So how do we avoid that comparison? Any tips to parents who tend to do that comparison and then conflicts happen? Right. As much as this is a hard one, don't ever make that comparison. So focus on the good things and the differences in a positive way rather than in a negative way, if that makes sense. So Because that's also when kids come to me and say, my mom or my dad is constantly comparing me to my brother or sister. I'm not him or her. I'm different than they are. And each child and teen is going to have their unique individual gifts. So focusing on that, of course, that's something you could talk to your husband or wife about, I wish my son was more like my daughter, or why can't my daughter be more like my son? That, that's okay. Adults can have that conversation. But when you say that to children, then it does have a really significant impact. So as much as possible, avoid saying that. And I think something that's also really useful that I've noticed is really helpful is if you have more than one child, each parent, if possible, to have a time that you go out and spend some time alone with that child, doing something they like to do or something you like to do, building that relationship, building that rapport, that connection with your child, and then being able to really compliment and praise the things that you really do like and the good things that you're noticing that they're doing and the things that they shine in. So you don't have to compare to the other child, the other child's not there, the other teenager's not there, but really focusing on their strengths is that's really helpful and avoiding as much as possible any kind of comparison. Yeah, Deborah, I do agree, you know, showing that affection, spending that quality time and one-on-one -on -one time, right? So that time yes. other sibling is not there and you are mm -hmm. just totally focusing on that child's strength. And, and it does help to build up their self-esteem, right? So I do agree and I do that quite often. Let me bring up another challenge, what I have. Like my son sometimes complain I'm more doing favoritism to my daughter. <laughs> and I do feel sometimes, you know, because she is not very vocal and um, I do have little soft corner for her. So how do I avoid that feeling in my son when he says, like, I'm unfair? 
and I'm giving more attention to my daughter. I can say across the board, pretty much every child says that, that their sibling is a favorite, or their sibling is getting something uh, that they're not, or it's unfair. So I think that's a, a common theme, and that could perhaps be because I'm seeing kids and teens in a different scenario where there are some issues either within the family or within the child or teen. But what I would suggest when those situations come up, just ask them to be specific. What is it that they feel is unfair and how can you, mom, make it more fair for them? What, what does he need? So when your son is saying that, he's communicating something to you. So what is it that he feels that he's not getting that his sister is getting? And then say, I can give you both the same. And then trying to be, and it's hard because then helping them understand that sometimes you know, your sister might have a need that you don't have, so I have to support her a little more, but there'll be times you have something that you need more and I need to support you more. It all evens out at some point, but if there's something you feel like I'm not doing for you, let me know because you're equally important. And communicating that message, again, we've talked about through the series, is good communication, but also really listening, asking them, what is it? Tell me what isn't fair and tell me how we can make that feel more fair and tell me what I can do differently because that's oftentimes all they need is to feel heard and to feel validated about their feelings or their concerns that they're having. And then the other piece is be really cautious because kids are really savvy, so they learn how to use that to manipulate. So you have to know your own child very well. Not every child or teenager does that, but teens are a little bit more prone to doing that. So they will use that to sort of get something that they want that perhaps they might not get otherwise. So just be mindful of that, something that can come up as well. Yeah, absolutely right. And sometimes I do want him to develop that empathy also. Maybe he doesn't have that empathy. So clarifying, mm -hmm. as you said, good communication skills. So if he's feeling, why he's feeling, and I need to listen to him. But at the same time, I need to educate him. His sister needs might be different, and he's right. different. So if I'm doing it, he should not feel that jealous. And I'm I'm mother for both. So one time maybe I am taking more care of her because she needs me, but at the other time I'm there for him as well. So I do feel like I used to think these fightings are not good, but lately I feel it's good to have such kind of fights because that's how they are learning to resolve these conflicts, right? And later on, they need to work with other peers or, you know, students in their classroom or in their college. So it's good they're having those conflicts and they're building that muscle to resolve it. But as a parent, I think, as you said in the beginning, I need to pay attention to set up those ground rules make sure I am not comparing, I am not labeling my child, right? I'm mm -hmm. giving them that affection. So I think that will bring that positivity in the family and um, kids will feel supported. An important point is that they get to practice that and build that muscle in terms of conflict resolution and communication skills with their sibling in a safe setting. So they have parents there support, they know what's expected, they get to practice at home where it's a safe place to do that. And then they can go out and generalize that into other relationships where those might be a little more fraught with difficulty or people are raised in different ways, perhaps their peers and they aren't taught or that's not the family values in terms of bullying is maybe okay in some families, you just don't know. So they need to be strong and understand and get to practice those skills in the safe place of home so then they can go out and resolve other conflicts, as you said. 
as they go on into the workplace or to college or just even in school because there's conflicts that come up in middle school and high school as well. Right. So, Deborah, I wanted to ask you one more question. So, I suppose in a family, one child has a special needs and then other child is normal. So, what should parents do in that situation? Because sibling rivalry can happen and uh, the other child might feel um, not loved. So, do you have such kind of things in your practice? I do because I often see children and teens that have very significant needs based on their mental health issues. It's very difficult for the other siblings because by necessity, the parents have to really focus on the child that has all of those needs. But then the other siblings are saying, wait a minute, what about me? I'm getting good grades, I'm behaving, I'm doing all the things I'm supposed to be doing and he or she is getting into trouble or getting kicked out of school or having these outbursts and all this focus is focused on him or her, what about me? So that is really tough. So back to what we talked about is spending individual time. And that's really tough when you have a child that has exceptional or extreme needs, that's where you need to have professional help. So that you have a team to help support you as parents because oftentimes it's too difficult as parents to try to navigate it alone and there's nothing wrong with asking for help and it's a good thing to ask for help. So then as parents, you can balance that and give time to the other siblings and spending that time one-on-one -on -one alone and talking to them about all the things they're doing well and hearing them, acknowledging it. Yeah, it's really hard that your brother or your sister has all of these needs and we have to spend so much time, but that doesn't mean we don't love you. We wanna spend time with you. We acknowledge all the great things you're doing. Keep up the good work. And sometimes those siblings also need therapy and support, a place where they can vent and where they can express how difficult it is and time and space is just for them. So they get to have some focus too. Even though they're doing well, they need a place where they can express how difficult it is to have a sibling with significant mental health issues or more significant needs because it is a real challenge. It's a challenge for the family and it's a challenge for the siblings. Right, very important to acknowledge one child needs more attention than the other and if we need to take professional help in that regard, absolutely highly recommend to do that because end of the day, I think we all want to have a happy, healthy and peaceful family relationship. So I do recommend uh, our audience if they have such kind of situation, don't hesitate to ask for help. Thank you so much, yeah. Deborah. You're welcome. We will definitely connect back with you uh, to bring up more issues which happens among family members. So thank you so much for sharing your expert advice on how to resolve conflict. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Mindful, Beautiful and Thriving, a podcast series by Tarika Foundation focused on youth mental health. If you like our podcast, please subscribe and share it with your friends. Stay safe and healthy. Till next time.